Coming at you a day late, but never, ever a dollar short. Skip the introduction and get right to it. Because this is Fritzcast! Tuesday, June 13th, 2017. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, listeners from all around the world and the United States, which is part of the world. I don't know if you knew that. It is, uh, it's another week, guys. It's another week. Uh, I'm busy guy. Busy guy here. Uh, let's see. I am on two weeks of hate to four, uh, with the weekends off, so that's a beautiful little blessing in the skies that, that comes with the, uh, Incredible responsibility and uh, privilege of being a field training officer. So, yes, it's that time of year again where uh, I teach brand new hires, uh, brand new hires who passed the academy and are now sworn in, so they're brand new officers. Uh, Great privilege to have these guys, talk with these guys, and really teach and instruct these guys and see how they... see how we can build them up and give them a solid foundation. Uh, it, it Truly, you know, teaching and, and field training, being a trainer, it's it's a fun job. Uh, you get different, you get to interact with a lot of different people, different personalities, and you get to do different things with your training style. You have to adapt and see how people take to it. This class thinks I'm funny. Ha <laughs> ha, I don't know why anybody would think I'm funny. But they do. They think I'm funny, and they think my approach is good. And uh, it's great. It's great to bring them into the actual correctional environment and what their job's really going to be and go over things about how the building actually works. It's refreshing. It's refreshing for me to do. Uh, I had the, the bonus responsibility of it of doing it alone this week, at least for a couple of days. It's been two solid days of me doing it absolutely by myself. Which is a little hectic. It's a lot to balance out and do. It's a lot of responsibility, but it is refreshing. It is a refreshing change of pace when it comes along. So much to the fact that I actually I filled out an application for trainer educator for the DOC downstate uh, because uh, it's something that I've been liking. It's seeming it's seemingly becoming a passion. So. We'll see where it goes with that. I actually had uh, an interview for lieutenant today. I've interviewed once before. The magic number for me is about three times to get a promotion. Sorry, I'm, I'm taking drink breaks uh, because this is, <laughs> this is busy. That's what it is. Uh, so why am I recording on Tuesday of all days? Well, yesterday, me, my wife, uh, or my wife and I, or maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I should take in consideration the severe political environment in which we live in, in which people might become offended if I were to say my wife as if I possessed her. Uh, I do not possess my wife. She is simply my wife. Uh, so instead of saying my, I shall just say wife, um, of which is mine. No, that doesn't work either. Screw it, snowflakes. Uh, you're going to have to... Y- your tears taste delicious anyway. My wife and I and uh, our buddies, Jay, Sean, and Luther, 
went to the St. Anthony's Italian Festival yesterday. I am not Italian. I don't know if I have any Italian in me. Uh, Luther's super Italian, like 100% slash also mixed with Jersey, that type of Italian. You know, fake kind. Um, so we went, you know, it's a carnival festival type of thing. So we ate a lot of food, uh, probably too much food. Ice cream, uh, Italian pasta, junky type stuff. Uh, Panzerottis. If you've never had a Panzerotti, it's it's almost like a, it's almost like what what's the? It's like a pizza that they they wrap, they fold over and deep fry, and it's delicious. You bite into it, and it's like this cheesy, saucy lava. Think like a calzone. Well, not a calzone. A Stromboli. Calzones don't have pizza sauce, duh. Uh, think about think in terms of a stromboli, that is like you know sandwich form. It is delicious. It's probably ninety billion calories that you don't need. But I've been doing really well with my diet, and I said screw it, and I ate it, and it was delicious. And immediately after, some of the rides were a little nauseating. So, so it was a good time, though. I mean, it's nice to nice to go out and about um, on the outskirts of Wilmington, where people don't often uh, succumb to violent crime. That's usually the inner parts of Wilmington. It's great to go there, see all the booths, all the all the rides set up, all this Italian heritage that I don't understand. And it's funny, you know, I, I go to the Italian festival. I probably have German and Irish most in my blood. And I have yet to go to, like, an Oktoberfest or, or something like that. Is there something I, Irish people celebrate? Uh, St. Patrick's Day. That's what, well, I, I celebrate that one. Yeah, I bust out the bubbly and celebrate some some Irish heritage on St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Does that count? I don't think that counts. I don't know. But hell, it's summertime and we hit up the Italian Festival, which is great. It's awesome. Uh, Last week, too. This is the whole, the FTO thing. I love doing it. I do love doing it. Uh, However, work has been a little on the sucky side with freezing. uh, That's mandatory overtime that you can't refuse, you know, that type of thing. Uh, So work's been kind of a downer on that front. And uh, with my FTO stuff, I am... I have yet to have a day off yet. Last week started working Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I qualified on 40 caliber handguns for the Department of Correction. I know I talked about that a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I talked about it before it happened, right? So I could talk about it now as in what happened afterwards. So first off, our range is an outdoor slash partially covered range. So there's like, you know, an overhead thing, hanger. It looks like a hanger for uh, for our range. And it is in the middle of farmland, not far from uh, one of the prisons here. And I have a million bug bites on my arm. A, m- a million of them. They were these little, they, all, they almost look like gnats. 
I don't know what they were called. My buddy, Rich Girl. Uh, see, clever nicknames for people. My buddy, Rich Girl, who is a sergeant, told me what they were today because he looked at my arms and he goes, Oh, you got eaten up by those things. I literally did. I have these little bug bites all up and down my forearms, all the way up to my elbows. It's terrible. It looks like I have the plague. I might die. Hopefully not anytime soon. But so that 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 was thing number one. Thing number two. We were training on Sig Sauer P two two nines, I think. And I was not used that took me it took me a hot minute to get acclimated to that gun. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I'm pretty sure I talked to it, talk, talk to it. I'm pretty sure I talked about it before. I have a Glock 22 Gen 4. The trigger pull on a Glock is like nothing. It, it, it's like no effort to fire off a Glock whatsoever. Uh, and my Glock is also, it's a Glock 22, so it's a full size and it's, it's big. It's nice and it's big. These, uh, I keep wanting to say Smith and Wesson, they're not, uh, six hours. Uh, they're a nice compact gun. The trigger pull on them, though, my God, I had to work so hard pulling back that trigger and keeping my hand steady to not throw my shots. The, the, the second day of training was nothing but shooting and getting acclimated with shooting the gun and doing parts of, parts of the relay for qualification. And I was throwing shots. I, I kept shot most of the, all my shots on target, but I was throwing them down and to the left slightly. And it was ticking me off. Every, anytime that happens, I become really, for, for lack of, yeah, I, I become really angry in my head. Angry with myself because I'm not doing perfect. And I still argue if I had my Glock, I would have shot way, way, way better. But luckily, third day, the third day, the third day, which was also third day, third day, the third day, I th- uh, my final qualifying um, target was uh, 47 out of 50. So that's not bad at all. That's that's great. It just took me a hot minute to get acclimated to that gun and that trigger pull. Was not used to it. So now I'm qualified. I can work all those positions that require a firearm now. Yay! It's great. And as uh, as a sergeant, I probably will never see any of those posts ever. But I, I don't care. It's still great to have it done. And who's going to turn down a couple of days of shooting and get paid for it? Nobody. Nobody in their right mind would do it. So... One of the first stories that I want to comment on is actually something that happened within the last hour. The Senate rejects an effort to block the Saudi the Saudi arms sale. Uh, that, of course, is President Donald Trump's $110 billion arms sale to Saudi Arabia. Senators voted 47 to 53 to advance the resolution falling short of a simple majority needed to move forward. You had GOP Senators Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Todd Young, and Dean Heller voting with most Democrats to advance it. Uh, Democratic Senators uh, Joe Donnelly, Claire McCaskill, Bill Nelson, Joe Manchin, and Mark Warner voted against this measure, just to name a few of the Democrats who... 
uh, broke from the mainstream of their party. Now, the thing with the Saudi arms sale, I think this is a big deal. And I don't understand how Donald Trump, Mr. I'm going to crack down on terrorism, we're going to get the radical Islamist extremists out of here. We're not going to let them in this country. We're going to take them down. We're not going to let them persist. 110 billion? 110 billion, is it? I know I just said the number. $110 billion in sales of arms to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is not like a, a good buddy-buddy, these are the guys to be ally. They're not. They're not. We've talked about this before, and we've talked about how it traces all the way back to, to 9-11, and the 9-11 Commission report and certain pages that were uh, confidential up to a certain degree and then they were voted to be, you know, declassified. And how signs point to a lot of uh, Saudis who, who helped fund that stuff. It's ridiculous. You can't. I don't think you could be a Republican diehard Trump supporter and actually like the Trump-Saudi arms bill. I don't see how you how you're down with selling all this US weaponry to Saudi Arabia. I don't understand it. And neither did my man, former presidential candidate, current Republican senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul. Here is what Rand Paul said on the Senate floor about it this very morning. Saudi Arabia bombed a funeral procession. There was no mistake here. There was no cloud cover. There was no growth or cops of trees, and they accidentally bombed a funeral procession. They bombed them and killed 125 civilians in a funeral. They wounded 500. This was no mistake. This was no error. This was them pointedly dropping the bombs on civilians. They put protesters in jail. They've got a 17-year-old. He's now 20, been in jail for three years. He will be beheaded and then crucified. We should not be giving these people weapons. They supported ISIS. They're on the wrong side of the war. They are the greatest purveyor of hatred for Christianity and Judaism. They do not deserve your weapons. They're going to give your weapons. They belong to the American people. They're going to give them to people who behead and crucify protesters. You can't take a Bible into, into Saudi Arabia. You can't visit their major cities. We can't make them be like us, but we don't have to encourage their behavior by giving them weapons that may well fall into the hands of people who are our enemies. I urge a no vote. I think we should not be selling arms to Saudi Arabia. Mr. President. Rand Paul's statement, of, of course, is uh, in terms of Saudi Arabia's involvement in Yemen's civil war. Okay, in, in an article that I'm reading about this from The Hill, uh, it states in this article, quote, The Guardian reported last year that one-third of Saudi Arabia's bombings hit civilian sites in Yemen, though the Saudi government disputed that claim as vastly exaggerated. Uh, y you have people like uh, John McCain, for example, who will talk about him and what he said at Comey's hearing in a minute, but you have John McCain saying that it would be crazy to block this deal Quote, I've been putting pressure on them for years and years and years, and they have made some improvements. They've got a long way to go, he told reporters in a recent interview. 
How how is it that you could be quoted talking about Saudi Arabia? How you pushed them and pushed them and pushed them for years, pushed them for years, and they have a long way to go. But blocking the deal would be crazy. You know what the definition of crazy is? You, John McCain, you're crazy. And I hate to say that because John McCain is, you know, a, a war veteran who had to go through some pretty horrific and horrendous things, okay? Uh, and, and he has to endure, endure things at however old he is now. He's 80-something. He has to endure things like like having to hear Donald Trump say that he that he wasn't a good war veteran or a war hero because I don't like people who got caught. I don't like people who get captured, you know? All I'm saying is that he was captured... And you know who gets captured? Losers. Losers get captured. This is Donald Trump for you people out there who, who, who may be thinking, that's ridiculous, you shouldn't say that. He said it. Donald Trump said it. Granted, he was not president when he said it, but he said it, and a lot of you were okay with it. Which is sad. I just stole a line out of Donald Trump's playbook. So unfortunately, that bill doesn't, uh, or that motion doesn't go through uh, and gets shot down, albeit narrow, narrowly, albeit narrowly. But it's still something that is very interesting. I can't believe that we're still sitting here arming Saudi Arabia or allowing them to be armed and acting like we have some very good, uh, healthy relationship with them. I don't think that I don't think it's very healthy at all. Now, of course, another big thing that took over last week was uh, former FBI Director James Comey's uh, hearing. It actually was like it was like a Super Bowl event almost. People were tuning in around the United States of America to hear James Comey speak on the Russia investigation, considering the uh, election. I don't like saying the word election hacking, but election interference, uh, probes from Russia, that type of thing. And very, you know, very interesting to sit there and watch it. Kind of, kind of boring, but uh, did it really reveal anything? Did it really go anywhere? If you ask me, it did not. Uh, it just reiterated everything that we already knew. That is, Donald Trump was never directly under investigation uh, he was just calling lots of meetings with Comey to talk with him. Uh, having lots of talks with Comey and having a, a bug in his ear, so to speak, about what was going on. And, hey, you know, Flynn's a great guy. You should probably back off of that. Uh, rather unprofessional and uncouth moves from President Donald Trump, for sure. But, guess what? We just spent a, a crap ton of money on a hearing for James Comey to sit there. And James Comey... I think is a decent fella. Okay, I hope I don't. Uh, I hope I haven't formed a bias with him. But uh, James Comey is the man America loves to hate, and we discussed this uh, not not too many episodes ago. That Comey was so up and down with you know during the Hillary investigation, Comey was the most hated man, and then he said there's no criminal charges. And the left was like, yay, and the Republic or not the Republicans, but the right was like, boo, what a pansy. Then he comes out two weeks before the election, 
has to reopen the case. I found more emails. Yay from the right, boo from the left. And then closes the case, and then the left blames him on costing the election, which is ridiculous. In and of itself, he had no role in how the election played out, I believe, anyway. And the reason I believe that is because Hillary Clinton won by well, won the, the popular vote, which is not the way that we select candidates and, and elect people. Uh, she had won the popular vote by what? How many? Three million votes, almost? I mean, three million votes is chump change. Super chump change in the grand scheme of things. But James Comey didn't cost her those three million votes. I think Hillary Clinton as a person cost herself. Or not, she didn't even cost the three million votes. See, I'm out of it. This is this is what happens when you don't get a day off until Saturday. Um, didn't cost Hillary Clinton the three million votes. Didn't cost Hillary Clinton the electoral votes. Hillary Clinton cost herself the votes. And that's just what it is. We're not going to revisit and blame other things other than Hillary Clinton. Uh, because it's fun. And then she'll come out and she'll talk about how other things are, are what got her it, losing. Other than herself. It's everything under the sun. Russia, Russiagate, um, misogyny, sexism, uh, and a host of other things is what stopped Hillary Clinton from being president. Not really. It was because she was a terrible candidate. Even some top Democrats are saying she's a terrible candidate. I think it was because she was a terrible candidate. I think it, people will eventually look back and go, yeah, that was a bad idea. You could have ran Joe Biden. Joe Biden probably would have won. And that's surprising because Joe Biden does say a lot of foot-and-mouth stupid things. On occasion. On occasion. Yeah, I'm not that good old Delaware boy. Yay, Joe. I'm like, whatever, Joe. Whatever. And John McCain, of course, during those Comey hearings, I don't know if you heard, you got to look this up. It was eight minutes of stuttering and stammering. From John McCain, it was it was whack. John McCain did not know what he was trying to ask James Comey, and it was it was weird. And then right now, as we speak, um, Attorney General Jeff Sessions is in a hearing, which is getting just as much equal ample coverage of as James Comey's hearing was. All these hearings going on, and, and we're making progress and all that. But I wanted you to focus on the Saudi arms bill uh, because that that's a little concerning and a little telling to me, if you ask me. Now... That's going to, uh, this This is kind of unprecedented, but that's actually going to do it for me for this week because, as I stated, I've been busy. I've been a busy man, and I, I had an interview today, and I've been filling out applications like, like, the, like the trainer educator thing, and I've been doing these classes, so I'm just, I'm cutting it off because I need to catch up. Like, I need to tap into this Jeff Sessions hearing stuff because I don't know uh, even a smuck's dinning about it. So, I want to say thanks for listening. This has been FritzCast. 
like this, share this, spread it to the world. Check out my blog, fritzcast.wordpress.com, which will have new articles before Friday this week. And as always, I love you, and I'll see you next week.